0: Today we are here with William Gardner and Sana Azam, and we're going to be talking about Mina speakers, public speaking, and all things that make you sound cool.
1: Yes, and we had to have you do that because I could not pronounce the word Mina speakers. Correctly. Oh, you got it now. <laughs> yeah, we tried four times to get this right. That I could say, I have been saying Menya so long and had so many meetings where I was like, the Menya region, the Menya region, and I never knew I was saying it wrong. So thank you for helping me introduce the show. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about Mina Speakers Yes. and all the project that you're doing. Maybe just jump right into what you're doing.
0: I run uh, different businesses. The main one is Mina Speakers and uh, we're a public speaking bureau. We represent over 200 speakers experts and then we send all these great speakers to conferences, events, exhibitions in the Middle East and around the world. And now we're going digital as well. So uh, we're creating a platform that welcomes all types of expert speakers, super confident people to join us and kind of volunteer that they're willing and prepared to speak on stage if a client wants them to be there. Yeah. And it's called Know Who Market. Know Who Market. Yes. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So it it comes from the fact that our clients call us and they ask, hey, do you know who can speak about? Ah,
1: nice. And we're like, yeah, we know who. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And so you're kind of doing both, right? Like you're recruiting the speakers and finding them and then you're, you're kind of bringing the clients and you kind of bridge that gap basically.
0: Totally. So what we have found is that clients can ask for all types of expert speakers and sometimes it's about just finding that authentic story from a mother that wants to share her you know pregnancy experience Uh, or it can be a retired former ceo that wants to share his experience as well so it's it's really catering to what the market needs and we know that authentic stories they really excel and we want to give everyone a chance to participate and be part of sharing their narrative and empowering the
1: world yeah and you 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 also help and provide some classes for speakers too right it's not just the actual speaking itself there's a whole ecosystem around the business itself absolutely
0: so what we found is that this is a relatively new industry for the region so coming from the west you know i'm raised out in europe um, and i've been a speaker international speaker myself and then coming to the Middle East, I noticed that it's just at its infancy stage. So there are not as many speakers as you would find find in the US or in Europe. Yeah. And then you'd find a lot of experts, but they're missing, for example, a personal branding element. They're missing a good craftsmanship around their pitch, their narrative. So what we're doing is we're essentially grooming people. We're training them so that they're able to deliver their content and that they're able to position themselves as an expert in their field. Yeah,
1: nice. That's amazing. Yeah. And you were saying that it's not just UAE, like you're bringing people from outside all around the world for the UAE. It's not just local as well, right? Yeah, we,
0: we operate on two sides. So one is, you know, in the year to having this business, we were able to send people out internationally. So we've had uh, speakers, local speakers, sent to Norway, Portugal, oh, Sri Lanka, awesome. North Africa. So that was incredible. Um, And then the other way around, because we're such specialists in this field, if a client comes and asks us for, you know, who's your idol? If you give me like somebody you think is super cool, who's any name? Gary Vee. Wonderful. So we're in touch with his office. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So we're in communication. um, And I know his rates and what his protocol is to bring him into this country or to an event around the Middle East. Wow. Um, We've brought in some really great A-listers and great speakers. To Dubai, um, the latest engagement we had was with uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke, so Dr. Ben Bernanke, and we brought him in for quite a huge gig in, yeah. in Dubai at Burj Al Arab. It was just wonderful, um, and we know what protocol requirements are there for an A-list speaker like that.
1: Yeah, when when people come to you, what is the is it? specific usually like they have a specific event and they're like I want an entrepreneur that talks about this subject is that kind of how it works usually
0: yeah that's how it starts off and then we go into probing them what is it you want to achieve so we go into a consultative role sometimes you might end up with a client that starts saying you know they say that they want a a speaker that talks about a certain topic but their outcome and their end game is actually quite different so we will support our clients and telling them, well, this is what we recommend because this will have a higher ROI. This will lead to higher engagement, or this aligns slightly better with the rest of your itinerary, for example. Yeah. So they come with a high-level description or a very specific. I want William Gardner to talk about yeah. marketing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we need be- you to book him.
1: So far, I don't think you've got any of those requests. Never
0: mind.
1: <laughs> Slowly, we'll get there. <laughs>
0: that's kind of how it works
1: yeah and then for speakers that want to join is it people that already have a following or like how do you find them or are they finding you or vice versa
0: so a lot of them tend to find us um, on average I would get five calls of prospective speakers that want us to represent them um, and we're really strict when it comes to Mina speakers because we have certain you need to be at parity with international speakers so we give the feedback and then we hope for the speaker, prospective speaker to come back and have set up their you know, their content, their personal branding, their public speaking skills need to be yeah. at par with international speakers as well. Yeah. So all the elements really need to be in place in order for a client to pay for you to share the knowledge.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because I think like creating Instagram stories and making videos is completely different than standing in front of a room and telling that same one to five minute content on stage. It's probably totally different for someone, I'm assuming, obviously. I'm, I know. You know you're, you know, you're a I know great I'm assuming, yeah. You know you're a great singer. <laughs> Actually, I, I, te- I do get nervous in front of people like the first 30 seconds, you know, but then I break through and I get going, but I'm better if people ask me questions versus just speaking, you know, when there's a back and forth, I get, I get some energy going, I get some flow, I get some confidence, I'm better, maybe I'm a better counter puncher, you know, I don't know.
0: I mean, I see you speak, so you're nice and pleasant to listen to, you're very communicative and articulate, so that's great what you can do in order to combat these nerves right in the beginning, because you're getting a lot of cortisol, you're entering a peak performance situation. You're going up on stage and you're having hundreds of people, or however many are listening to you, so you're the leader in that room when you're up on stage. It makes sense that you're gonna be a little bit nervous. Yeah. Um, And it's it's a very normal reaction. We want a bit of nerves, because we want to peak perform and make sure that we're really good on stage. But we don't want it to tip over. So what you can do is we need to get oxygen into your body to pull down the cortisol, the stress hormones, right? And the way for you to do that would be, for example, by laughing.
1: Yeah. Like fake laughing. Fake laughing. Yeah. Just Just by yourself in the back, like, look at this weirdo (laughs) ha, just laughing away. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) He doesn't even have headphones on, he's just (laughs) (laughs) Who's he talking to? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Or you can yawn. Like fake yawn. So ah, you know, to get as much oxygen as possible into your body, it will make you more resourceful. Calm down your nerves. And there are a lot of other techniques like that that you can utilize in order to make sure that when you're up on stage, you're peak performing, you're getting the exact outcomes that you want and you're in control of your speech.
1: Yeah. And you, obviously, you have a background in this because you, you kind of went around it in a roundabout way. You you started out as a public speaker, then you came to the UAE, you took like a normal job, and then you're like, no, I'm going to go back to what <laughs> I want to do. Like, talk about that, like your journey to this point.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, you're right. So in 2010, um, I won an award, which was an awesome award. Uh, it's called Female Economist of the Year. And um, it put me on the map. So I had both Swedish and American you know, CEOs, industry leaders sitting and interviewing me. Yeah. So it even reached a point where we did this like social um, EQ test. They put me in a room with, you know, 50 CEOs from the US and Sweden. And then they were testing me on my you know, social competence. How yeah. pleasant is it to communicate with me? And then they looked at my grades and my thesis and all of that. So after a lot of interviews, won the award and then got a lot of publicity in Sweden at that point in time. And then I get that call <laughs> yeah. So the because, hey, we read about you. Do you want to attend this conference as a speaker? And this was you know, a couple of years ago. I was still a student, so I'm going, yeah, sure. What do you want me to talk about? They're like, oh, you just come up with a topic, and then it'll be great. Um, so I spent about a week just researching different things. I ended up talking about what high performers, what talents want. Um, went upstairs and just or on stage and shared that insight, just said this is what my friends and I from our university, which is a top university in Sweden, this is what we're looking for with an employer. Did that, stepped off stage, somebody else comes up to me. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? They're like, Well, we really liked your speech. Do you wanna come and do it again at our company? We're gonna pay you for it. I'm like Excuse Excuse me? <laughs> You're going to pay me to speak?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so cool.
0: So uh, that's how it all started. And all of a sudden, I was touring Northern Europe. So I was like in the UK, Denmark, Norway, uh, obviously around in Sweden, talking about different topics um, around talent retention, business leadership, things like that. Did the whole circuit, um, but then came back to. Utilizing my skill sets of being an economist, um, so started working within banking and worked for a gold house here in the UAE um, but found a gap on the market and the gap was that there was no real business house speaker agency yeah. in the whole region yeah. and I went, hold up, this is an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So grabbed that and then just ran with it and it's uh,
1: two and a half years later. It's kind of a unique story because a lot of people don't start out with paid speaking, right? A lot of people start out just talking and doing speeches, but they're not getting paid right away. Yeah. It seems like you kind of leapfrogged that and went straight into the paid part.
0: Yeah. Well, the industry in uh, in Northern Europe is, is older. You know, they yeah. have a tradition of paying for knowledge. And they recognize that if somebody spent a lifetime or, you know, they've brushed up their skills, they've worked on their marketing, worked on their content that's valuable time and that that energy exchange needs to be there
1: yeah it really is an energy exchange a lot of people don't get that no they don't understand the value of it yeah
0: I mean imagine and I'm sure we've all attended a conference where the speaker is just not so great yeah Um, or when the MC or the moderator is not so great either I feel like it's disrespecting the audience and their time if we're going to be up on stage. I want to make sure that you're getting as much value as possible. Yeah. So that means any of our speakers, they will have worked on their content, their delivery, their frameworks. We know exactly what's happening in that full life cycle of that speech. Yeah. Um, to maximize the opportunity for the audience that's giving us their time, we want to give them the knowledge.
1: Yeah. No, it's, so it sounds like you, you kind of have a vetting process as well to make sure that the client gets what they are deserving or what they expect. The yeah, the day.
0: yeah, so when a client is paying for it, and I, th- I always think it's great to have an energy exchange when it comes to any services that you're utilizing or products or buying, whatever, because it you can set expectations, all of a sudden, it becomes very serious. There is no space to, uh, you know, self promote too much or to push out products. You're there to really create value for everyone because there's been a fair energy exchange. Yeah. So it levels out the playing
1: field. Yeah.
0: So this is why we kind of always push our clients to respect that the speakers have spent a lifetime, you know, a full career in mastering the topic that they're going to be sharing and the delivery of it. And they've invested money in, and kind of conveying this information. So we need to yeah there needs to be a give and take yeah
1: and it, this is it seems like it's also created other opportunities for you as well you're part of a new project the startup school yeah. and you're kind of venturing out into a lot of different stuff where you're mentoring people talk more about that project as well
0: very much so so we are incredibly blessed both you and i and uh, the people that i work with and having successful startups and businesses running so it's time for us in the spirit of the year of zayed Um, and in the spirit of giving back to give back to the community so we set up startup school which is dedicated to any aspiring entrepreneurs that would like to have help in their idea and their business plan and would need mentorship essentially what we're doing is we're welcoming everybody that wants to join join for free and what we're doing is we're giving you full access to our network our database and we make sure that we rise together yeah
1: and I think in Dubai the network is underrated like to get ahead, you need a network in Dubai. You need to be able to network, because it—it, I think it's needed, right? I mean, this is one market where your network is your net worth here, definitely. I think that applies universally. Yeah, quite I feel like yeah. here it's more. I don't yeah. know, I mean, like in, yeah. maybe because in the US, I knew people naturally, so I didn't yeah. think about it, yeah. but here yeah. I'm having to create that network, yeah. where in the US I just have it, you know, I don't have to think about it. Yeah. But a lot of people are not from here, they're showing up, they're trying to start something that they don't know where to get anything done
0: that's fair and we find that when a business is setting up there is a rite of passage there are all these elements that need to be in place your legal element your accounting your marketing your sales your structures your you know marketing collateral all of that just really needs to be in place no matter if you're selling water or if you're selling a service that just needs to be set up yeah so what we're doing is we're just accelerating that process for you we're saying we know what you need here Here are the context, Here are the best people to do it with. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's wonderful.
1: It's very rewarding. Yeah. Not to jump back, but let's talk more about just kind of your upbringing, because you had told me you're originally from Sweden. Yeah. But you kind of have a unique journey to Sweden. Maybe you want to talk about that? Sure. Um,
0: So I was born literally in transit. (laughs) My parents are Palestinian. Uh, We were based out of Lebanon, and then... We had to leave Lebanon quite abruptly. Um, got word that Sweden is, or Germany is the place to be so we kind of had to leave. Um, I was born literally in transit between yeah. the two countries so I came out in Germany <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah hey guys <laughs> yeah i didn't pick up the language because we were only there three months i was kind of yeah. busy with other priorities yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. and then we uh, moved to sweden and found that uh, getting citizenship established uh integrated into society was easy easier yeah. yeah we were incredibly well received in yeah. sweden
1: and do you think like just i mean probably you're too young to feel it i i don't know i can't speak for you but Do you feel like it helped? Because you seem to be like a very strong-willed person who just, from the stories we've shared, you just kind of make things happen. You just kind of jump into them. Do you think that's played a role or do you think it really doesn't have an effect and it's just your personality to be this way?
0: I think I have been blessed with a tough start. Yeah. You know, when you're born in transit, you're born into a new country, you don't speak the language. My parents didn't speak the language, didn't understand a word. Have to start from scratch. Yeah. Uh, no place to live, nothing. You know, so literally from zero, I think you build a lot of resilience, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you become incredibly resourceful. Yeah. So, uh, that's something that is kind of coded within us. Like, you make ends meet, you figure stuff out, you make the most out of every opportunity. Yeah. Um, that's been a huge contributor. But I also think that being Palestinian, I think this is a bit of a Palestinian trait. Yeah. Um, I find that Palestinian women, in particular, they uh, you know when men were at war, they had to take care of their own children, and then if something happened to the neighbors' children, they would take them in. So they have this characteristic of being incredibly resilient and resourceful. Yeah. So I definitely think my mother kind of gave me that skill set because you really you don't know if your husband's coming back or not, so you make sure that you figure stuff out by yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, wow. it's, it's amazing because. I, I can't compare it, but I think I had early childhood issues, and I think that sometimes when it happens to you younger, you kind of develop a natural understanding that times are tough, but they do get better, and you just kind of go through that cycle so often
0: yeah.
1: that as you get older, you understand the cycle of it and you don't let it get you down as much as maybe someone who didn't grow up with a rough upbringing and then they become 18 and suddenly life's hard. Yeah. And they're like, wait a minute, you yeah. know, <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be this tough, you know? <laughs> and it's like, no, that's life. Like, But there's like an ebb and a flow to where life is always difficult and then it gets better and then it's difficult and it gets better. And after a while, you just get used to that. And I, That's yeah. when I met you and you started telling me your story, I felt like you had that natural understanding, it seemed like.
0: Yeah. And it's also not kind of becoming a, a victim
1: of any sort. You're
0: just like, okay, this happened, boohoo. let's get on with it. Yeah. You know, let's just find a solution. Yellow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so not making such a big deal out of it because we've lived, you know, we've yeah. lived. You're telling me that you had, you started working really early on. Yeah. And I started working really early on as well. We had a, a supermarket and I was working with my parents as a really young kid and just kind of figuring out, you know basic cash buying and selling Yeah, just yeah. uh, it's,
1: it's, it's small but it's so important yeah. to just have that exposure very young where i know a lot of people that i grew up with they just didn't have that and then they turned 18 and they had to get their first job and i was like i had a 10 year career you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the time i was 20 i had put 10 years in it working you know what I, mean?
0: <laughs> I was like ten and calculating yields okay <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so I say this to anybody that wants to become a professionally recognized authority in their field, a paid public speaker. So, that's not a just ba- a. It's yeah. big, it's a different it is. A sentence. It is. It is. <laughs> so, we need to divide it. One is the product, and then one is the CEO. And many times it happens to be the same person. Mm-hmm. But you still need to have that business hat. And the CEO happens to be selling a product which happens to be you yeah. and your knowledge, right? but you need to be working on both sides. So the product and the speaker needs to upskill, make sure that their public speaking skills, their content, their delivery style, their brand, like all of that needs to be on point. So you keep doing the product development. The CEO needs to be out there prospecting, business development, running the P&L, managing the expenses, the whole shebang. So if you're carrying these two hats as a mindset to begin with, and if your CEO isn't doing a good job you fire your CEO. Yeah. You get somebody else and get serious about it. Yeah. Um, that's the starting point. And the amount of money that you can make, people that are doing this professionally, they're making a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, the opportunity is huge, but you need to be treating it as a proper business. You know, um, really good speakers in this region or even internationally, they can be making ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 an hour or less on stage. Wow. So imagine doing two, three gigs in a month. You're, yeah. you're in a pretty good space. Yeah. Um, but these people would have then invested quite a lot of time on their content, um, on their speech delivery, so communication skills. And then really important is the personal branding, the marketing. We need to have a professional headshot. We need to have a great bio. We need to have a great showreel, a video of you speaking on stage, sharing your content. How else is somebody going to pay for you to go and... And share that knowledge. They don't know what sort of they don't know what to say when you're going to get up there yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And that's what so until you, you have that consistently to show. Yeah, you got to put that forward and have that to present day one.
0: Correct. So when you want a third party, an agency like ours or any other of the global agencies to represent you, we need to have the right ammunition, essentially. We need yeah. to have the right. You know, um, help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need to have the right content in order for us to yeah. go to a client and say. This guy's a great
1: speaker. Yeah. You have to create the package to show. Yeah. yeah.
0: So we need the testimonials. We need the videos. We need the you know referral, like the clients that you've worked with earlier on. All of that needs to be in place. If it's missing, they're not going to book you. Yeah. And it's really as simple as that. We can tell somebody that, yeah, this is a great speaker, but if there's no evidence of it,
1: it's not yeah. really going to happen. Yeah. Like, no, I met him. He's a really cool guy yeah yeah I promise you he's gonna deliver he's gonna say really cool stuff (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) yeah awesome yeah I I I mean I have thought about it definitely um personally and I just wondered where you start you know it sounds like you might have to do some gigs in the beginning just for free just to get the content to get the videos and not necessarily start with paid
0: that's a really clever way of starting off your career you know test your own skill set as well public speaking is an art and uh, i don't think this is this isn't something that you just read off a book and then all of a sudden you're a public speaker you need those hours on stage to experiment as well with your own style find your voice find your you know the type of body language that suits you yeah and it will click it just takes time practice and we've seen people kind of go from beginner to really great successful public speakers globally within less than two years
1: it's definitely possible So how would people find you if they want to? Instagram, website, give them your handles. How can they find you? So
0: you don't know, this great t-shirt you're wearing. Yes,
1: thank you, thank you. <laughs> I rock the, the, the shirt for you the... You are.
0: Yeah, so mina-speakers.com um, or you can reach out to me personally on any of my socials. So Sana Azam. Um, Instagram is a great tool. <laughs> DM. Yeah, so please DM me. I always answer all the messages or LinkedIn. That's most
1: welcomed. Um, and then you can ask me any questions that you have. All right, well thank you for the eighteenth episode of the Windows <laughs> Good tonight. I appreciate you being on. Thank
0: you, it's great. Thank you. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs>